Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Uh, today we have Vikas Porta on the show. Vikas is the VP of Sales at Fusion Charts. Uh, Fusion Charts helps you build beautiful charts for your web and mobile applications. I think Fusion Charts is one of the earliest SaaS companies in India, which was started in 2003, and like it now serves around 28,000 customers globally. So. Prior to Fusion Charts, Vikas was a founding member at Zeppo, which is an e-commerce platform which helps e-commerce uh, companies do more. So, hey Vikas, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Sunil. Uh, you know, happy to have a chat today, and uh, you know, hope to have a very interactive conversation going forward. Definitely. I mean, like we have been talking about doing this since months now, and I think today <laughs> is the day. <laughs> today is the day we finally, you know, got to do it. So. Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting. Yeah, so Vikas, can you can you walk us through uh, like your journey into the SaaS ecosystem? Right, you were the founding member of a company called Zeppo, and then you you know joined Fusion Charts, and now you are heading the sales division at Fusion Charts. So can you walk us through like how like you landed into SaaS and how has your experience been so far? Absolutely, I think. you know when when i started working at zeppo the whole thought process of saas was still very nascent in india back then we were gung ho about what we were planning to do at zeppo because e-commerce was budding we could still see the likes of uh, flipkart doing very well amazon didn't have a very strong presence in india yet uh, yeah. this is early 2011 11ish uh, sort of those days so you know what we wanted to do was help these small mom and pop store owners to start selling online obviously to expand uh, their reach and target customers outside of their physical presence and when then we realized that you know these are folks who would not want to pay us for an annual contract at once and we usually you know would charge them for about 3 to 6 months at once and slowly and steadily realized that the likes of shopify you know cracked this mm-hmm. entire model of helping people build e-commerce stores using saas and that's when we started replicating the saas model for e-commerce in india so honestly it has been a very interesting experience from trying to understand you know how easy or difficult it is to get people to accept this model to now looking at saas as a very common you know term that we come across on a daily basis so yeah i, I think it's been a very enriching experience and uh, hopefully you know we might have some better days going forward for saas in india as well awesome and then what about your time at fusion charts right like after zappo you joined fusion charts how is that experience so far for you Yeah so you know there's a startling difference between what I used to do at Zeppo and what I've been doing here at Fusion yeah. Charts over mm-hmm. the last uh, you know few years so Zeppo predominantly was focused you know in the SMB market and more so for folks within within the country so you know the sales that we used to do were mostly domestic you know though there were no restrictions in the kind of customers that we would target across the states but but then yeah with fusion charts it's mostly global and mm-hmm. obviously the horizon is wide enough we tar- we don't just target smbs and mid market but we have a lot of enterprise customers a lot of fortune 500 companies using yeah. fusion charts as well so it's you know it's obviously been a learning curve at the same time um, has given me a chance to understand how the landscape is and how things change when the stakes are higher so you know uh, and obviously over the last 4 5 months i've also gotten to see what happens when you know things are not in your favor and you know something sort of a pandemic hits you where you're not prepared and how exactly do you plan you know for 
for those times and how exactly do you motivate your team and what do you do to ensure you keep your numbers on track so i think it's been a very fulfilling mm-hmm. experience and you know hopefully that continues from here on got it and then what all do, things do you take care of fusion charts like you know when you uh, vp of sales so is it like inbound outbound renewals and partnerships absolutely so my role currently entitles a combination of all of these predominantly fusion charts is an inbound focused organization so most of our folks are on the inside sales side of things but then we also do have a very strong uh, channel partner ecosystem so you know channel partners also contribute a decent chunk of revenue to us so that's also something that i'm responsible for as well as account expansion and renewals obviously because these are the customers who've been you know using fusion charts over the years and and obviously these are these are the ones that are on the major focus so my role involves a combination of generating new sales from uh, the inbound as well as the outbound activities majorly focused on inbound heading sales from the channel sales side of things along with our channel partner manager and uh, as well as account expansion and renewals uh, for our existing accounts so it's a combination of all of these got it so there is no dedicated account managing function at fusion charts is because i've seen most of the saas companies they would have net new managed by someone else and a different function versus all the renewals and expansions managed by a different function and then partnerships or channel sales is again a different function so how how is that like structured in fusion charts then see we would call all of these as mini modules more than functions you know uh-huh. we've always been very light in terms of you know stocking on the number of members on the team so we do have specific set of people working on renewals and account expansion a few people only focusing on net you and then a couple of people on the channel sales side of things but i i mean at the end of the day the way we look at it most of them work together and uh, it's sort of a mini you know sort of mini modules working together to form a big team Uh, so yeah that's how it is these are not separate functions for us but then most of them work together and then form a cumulative team as far as the roles are concerned yes people who are taking care of netu are the ones who only take care of our new leads and new customers and the existing accounts are handled by our account management team who also take care of account expansion so yeah that's how it goes got it got it. and then how has these different modules like you know at fusion charts have been affected by covid i i've been talking to many like you know sales leaders and and customer success leaders in different saas companies around the world and ev- everyone served different kind of personas to different in different industries so everyone was affected very differently so how has like you know fusion charts or how were these individual models affected because of covid well i think like you very you know correctly pointed almost all of these guys have been affected and in fact we have been affected as well because of covid 19 but the fact is that we have seen some trends changing initially we have had a lot of people come to us and mention that you know budgets have been frozen and then uh, there are no internal approvals coming in place and then you know things might be delayed purchases might be stalled to now of people mentioning that they have a budget but they need a little more time to be able to close and things like that so mm-hmm. uh, in the initial couple of months i think there was a reduction in the number of leads yes they, we we had a few leads uh, that we had gotten our renewals had taken a lot more time uh, you know to close account expansion was very slow uh, but i think what we have also seen from mid june to early july is that the trends have been changing a lot more people are willing to talk to us on our live chat uh, our number of leads have sort of you know increased by about 100% by this channel alone in the last 45 days 
Mm-hmm. The number of leads have increased. The number of conversations have increased from live chat. This is essentially people who are willing to talk to us, who are otherwise, you know, more prone to asking us for physical meetings or asking us for a few demos or calls. These are folks who are now coming on chat and trying to, you know, put up a conversation. I think it's due with these guys understanding that, you know, this is the way going forward. So that's yeah. one change that we have seen. The other change that I've seen is that, again, the positive side of things, we have seen online self-serve orders increase again in the last one, one and a half month, obviously owing to the same trend as far as live chat is concerned. Initially, like, yeah, uh, initially, like I said, a lot more people wanted time to close and, you know, their internal process and approvals were taking, uh, you know, much longer than before. But now the closure time seems to be reducing. Again, thanks to most of these folks working from home and a lot of frictionless work that's happening across organizations, it is helping us to close faster and move faster. So that's another you know pie that we are you know more than happy to uh, eat at this moment. So yeah, I think things are changing. Uh, even though there was a slight lull for the first couple of months, let's say about March, Aprilish, but then over the last uh-huh. one one and a half months, uh, there is some positivity for sure that we are seeing. Got it. And then so. In one of the earlier episodes, right? So I was I was speaking with or I hosted Francois from right. So he had global pipeline generation for Algolia. So he was saying like you know because of this he also faced similar issues and then there was a lot of uh, changes that were happening based on different teams, based on different geographies because different geos are affected differently. So but one thing that he found out that he and his team doing more is like talking to the marketing team a lot and they didn't have a lot of communication or collaboration happening between the demand gen team and the and the marketing team right so in in or the sales and marketing alignment as we as we speak right so this this particular thing has a lot of effect on how everything functions right and Many companies that I've spoken to have a good sales and marketing alignment and many companies like, you know, are still struggling or they don't have like uh, a great sales and marketing alignment. And, and a few like in you know, a few companies or a few people like Francois from Algolia. So they found themselves to be doing more collaboration with the marketing team because when they're speaking to their customers uh, or prospects, so they, they, they are in need of more time and more education and they're, they're researching more now. Maybe because the budgets are frozen or something like that, but then to maintain a healthy relationship with these uh, prospects, the sales guys have want to have a lot of collaterals with them or some kind of resources, right? So my point is like, do you also saw the collaboration between your sales and your marketing team rise in, in some aspect at Fusion Charts? Definitely, yes. In fact, uh, we have seen a combination of that and much more, right? What a lot mm-hmm. of us have also spent time, I mean, during uh, the lull period is sort of change our entire communication strategies, change our messaging. Individually, the sales teams have also, you know, spent some time in trying to change their templates, maybe better, you know, our calling scripts. Uh, and obviously, we have had a lot of time spent with the marketing teams, especially the product marketing team to change the way we handle our sales enablement materials and sort of understand the communication going forward. So I think it's been a good learning exercise more so because, you know, when the number of leads were higher and, you know, when you were only you know, thinking about meeting our pipelines and trying to ensure that the conversions are taken care of, it was mm-hmm. more about trying to replicate the process that has worked. And it was more of an engine that was, you know, functioning every single day. Yeah. But with the downtime, I think people have 
taken a step back, tried to pause for a minute, see if there's something better that they can do. It's, you know, it might not be a revisit of the entire strategy, but even small tweaks here and there, you know, at the end of the day can have big results going forward. So I think this has been a good period for all of us to step back, sit down calmly, and then understand, you know, what has been working and what can be done better in the next coming months. So in a way, I think that's a good place to be in, especially if you're on on the sales or the marketing side of things, because we haven't really gotten such a chance over the last couple of years, at least because we've only been continuously looking at hitting our numbers and, you know, trying to do better than the previous month, but we've not really gotten a chance to sit back and, you know, uh, uh, rekindle or change in the way that we've been working on the communication side of things. So yeah, it's a good learning mm-hmm. for sure. That's really interesting. And, and then talking about like you, one thing you mentioned, right? Like you didn't see a lot of churn. And so that I, I assume that, you know, a reduction in churn would also be, I mean, it's not directly related, but then if you, if you're not seeing a churn, that means you would be also seeing a lot of renewals and expansions that would be happening because if they're really happy, they're not churning out and they would come back to you and say that we want more we want to try different products from fusion charts and and then thus they are expanding it to different teams in the same org so what, what, like you know so was there a rise in renewals and expansions in in this period as well for you guys Yes, in fact, to be honest, that was a conscious decision that we took, you know, during the dull, you know, the dull period that we had, especially around March, Aprilish. Uh, a lot of people, what we tend to do is take the easier way out by sort of buying lists and carpet bombing, and you know, sort of spray and pray if the number of leads reduce and your existing customers are not talking to you. But what we started doing was initiating a lot more conversations with existing customers, trying to understand a lot more about use cases. Uh, like I said, again, right, because we've been talking very frequently to product marketing teams, we were trying to put together a bunch of new case studies and use cases that we can use to promote our uh, product featurings in the coming months. So what that has helped is it has given sort of a new entryway for us to be able to get through these existing customers and also promote our uh, new set of products and offerings that we have. So that has led mm-hmm. to increase in account expansion. Obviously, the more and more accounts that we were landing at and we could expand, it also helped us understand that renewals are going to be, uh, you know, a very easy walk. So uh, that particular plan that we took really helped us sail through. Though the new net new sales had reduced, uh, we were able mm-hmm. to cover up uh, the deficit of the revenue by expanding on the new accounts and increasing on the renewal side of things. So, mm-hmm. so you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that was helpful. And one of the other learnings that we used is something that we have started putting in to the net new set of things as well is sort of offering multi-year contracts to, you know, people, right? Instead of trying to convince, let's say, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 people, even if you were able to onboard one customer with a multi-year contract, that would have been a lot more valuable because during the tough times, it was Mm -hmm. very, you know, very difficult to get hold of good opportunities and talk to, you know, customers with a very positive mindset. So we have had to work on this way. And because we knew that existing customers who've been using Fusion Charts were happy to, you know, onboard with us for the new set of offerings as well. So we thought might as well use multi-year contracts to people who are interested to work with us. So that is another thing that has worked and mm-hmm. hopefully that will continue to work in the next months. That's, that's amazing, man. So what, what are the strategies that you had for supporting these renewals and expansion and putting more focus on that aspect? So I'd like to know, were there any strategies that you thought that you would try during these uncertain times and, and they didn't work out? Because there's so much learnings that you might have got from the, some failures as well. 
absolutely i think quite a few right i mean especially what happens is uh, when things are not going your way right uh, it's a i mean i would not say predicative but you tend to start experimenting very often so that said mm-hmm. we also did experiment with a lot of yeah. campaigns and activities early on and then the moment we saw a few of them working obviously uh, it's human tendency to double down on that and start focusing on numbers i mean as much as i'd like to say that i want to experiment at the end of the day i'm a sales <laughs> guy as well right and i would right. want to ensure uh, we all exceed our quotas and crush the numbers that are given to us so uh, that we think yes we did have a few of them that didn't work honestly we tried to push a few opportunities through the pipeline by offering a lot more discounts than usual you know that was more of a, a last minute step that we had to take but then we realized that discounts didn't really work mm. what we also did was trying to push discounts on the renewal side of things that also didn't really work uh, that is uh-huh. when we realized that okay you know maybe it is not right for us to expect all set of people who are interested to buy it it might be specific to a few industries or specific to a few use cases that is when we went back and sort of redid our you know jobs to be done exercise with a few of our ex, you know customers from uh, our self serving industries realized that okay fine you know these are seven or eight use cases that have been uh, that have been gung ho in this period as well and we doubled down on that and we created lists of customers for all these use cases and then reached out to all of them start ha- you know started having individual conversations and then as and when uh, we dig deeper we realized that there is an opportunity for us to expand and that's how nice. we fueled mm-hmm. that to the account expansion side of things so so you know what failed in terms of us trying to reach out to every single person by way of luring into discounts helped us come out with this particular option where he said that you know what okay you know this is the learning and maybe mm-hmm. this you know this might work for us and thankfully it did that's really amazing figuring out what the pattern is and then segmenting your set of customers and prospects and then only going behind the segment that that the pattern works for that's that's an amazing uh, thing and then since you're you're into sales right <laughs> i want to ask like uh, was there any particular trick that you guys used or that you guys figured out while you were selling during the pan- this pandemic and and that worked for every call right was there some pattern that that you found out that you know by like saying xyz things or like you know doing xyz things there's a high chance that this uh, company will buy well i would not say a pattern but i think a few of you know few things that we have been doing over the over the last few months have worked and uh, the more i read about and a lot more people doing it the more i've started to believe that uh, you know i mean agree that these are things that we should have done previously as well but then at the end of the day we start getting pushy we start you know yeah. trying to push people to close by you know the the moment you look at you reaching the end of the quarter or you trying to ensure that you are not able to reach your numbers you start being a little too pushy and irritating right but one of the things that i've seen during covid is the more options that you give to a prospective customer to get their way out from you right not being mm-hmm. very pushy i think that is when we have seen a lot more conversations going forward right i mean few mm-hmm. things like you know hey sunil uh, you know i understand that this might not be a right time for you last when we spoke this was on one of your top priorities but with what's happening you know in your place if you think this is something that we'll have to look at maybe in a month or two i'd be more than happy to revisit and you know let's hope you're sanitizing well and you're taking care of what you're doing at home right think small small nuggets like these started i think building a few conversations where people start talking about what's happening at their own place you know i've had people who mm-hmm. yeah who write to me and say hey vikas absolutely right man you know what uh, this is a big deal right now i've uh, you know a, a lot of people in fact came to me and said that you know they're budgeting for safety at home i mm-hmm. mean i mean when would you imagine talking about their 
you know, home budget when you're on a sales call, right? You would obviously right. talk about their work or their lifestyle, but then there are these folks who would talk to me about their budget and say, you know what, you know what, dude, this is what we have had to do because of COVID. And the more and more personal that you get, I think going forward was very easy because mm-hmm. it helps me, you know, sort of maneuver through their entire decision making process, understand what's going through their mind and sort of take it slowly, right? So yeah, I think if you are giving your prospects a way out from the mm-hmm. entire conversation, that is a big, big win uh, in COVID because everybody is stuffed with a lot of emails. Everybody is stuffed with discounts. Everybody is stuffed with, you know, please give me a 15 minute conversation to showcase my product, etc. And especially with COVID, everybody is sort of, you know, desperate, right? So we sort of tried the other way out where we always wanted our prospects to, you know, get their way out. If you're not keen, Perfect. We know there's something right. more important on priority for you. We'll we'll talk to you later, right? But I think that has sort of worked, not just for us, but the more I read it, see that it's been working for a lot more people as well. So yeah, that's something that I'd love to continue. Great. And and this would be on an inbound perspective, right? And and then from an outbound perspective, things are different, right? Because then you are reaching out to someone who you think would be interested in your product. So did you see the same pattern or same things working in outbound as well? Or you guys saw something very different for outbound? Well, I think the outbound side of things, things were a tad bit different, but traditionally what a lot of good folks would do on outbound is something that would have worked even now as well. We, I mean, on the outbound side of things, we tend to just give and not ask. Right? Usually mm-hmm. what happens is, you know, I write to someone and I ask them uh, if they want to talk to me or if they are willing to jump on a call or if they're willing to join my webinar or whatever, right? So, but what mm-hmm. we have been using uh, the last three, four months is to just give information, add a lot more value to this prospective buyer of fusion charts. And the more and more we used to give, we realized that people are willing to talk to us at their own will. Because like I said, even on the inbound side of things, when we doubled down on the account expansion, we realized that there are about seven to eight use cases that that would sprout really well during this period and add to that the geographies that we knew would do well uh, during these times. So even during outbounds, we only used to target those accounts. So, you know, the thought process was very clear. And I think the more value we added to these people, the more interested they were to talk to us. So that's another good learning for us. Definitely. Like, so yeah, I mean, value driven sales and generating ROI from, from, you know, after providing value, it's something like man, most of the companies would focus on as a takeaway from this whole COVID uh, thing, right? This would be a huge learning for, for many companies out there and not just discounting, right? Like discounting is there for sure, but then providing value more than like, you know, disc- like providing discounts, something like that. Right. So yeah, I mean, this, this is really interesting. And then what, what are some of the learnings that you got, you know, that you, that you would thank COVID for, right? Like in terms of sales, like, you know, so good things happen during COVID, bad things happen. But then in, in terms of your, like, you know, sales at Fusion Charts, right? So how, how has COVID improved some processes or some things because everyone is working remote and everything was disturbed in March and April. So considering the past three, four months, what is the new normal for you guys now? And how, how is it's better than the previous uh, normal? I think in a way, I mean, though the first one, one and a half months were a little dull, I think COVID has done more good than bad, especially for the long run. It has mm-hmm. enabled us to spend a lot more time with each of our reps. 
uh, and talk to them about specific problems rather than focusing on three or four things that you would do during your weekly or your monthly, uh, you know, one-on-ones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the coaching time has increased. It has helped reps to interact among each other and sort of talk to them. I mean, talk internally about what's working and what's not. And like I said, at least for people like me, it has given time for me to sort of revisit our entire playbooks, right? Right. From what sort of scripts do we change? What are the ones that are working? What are the templates that need to change? Are there any changes in the cadences that we'll have to work at? And small nuggets here and there based on the customers that we've been talking to. So in a way, I think this has helped us revisit things that we have not done very often. I mean, I, as much as I can remember, I think we've not revisited our playbooks at least in the last six to eight months. Right. And usually we see sales leaders, you know, revisiting them once or twice every year. But with COVID, I think we have done a lot of revisits in the last three months itself, obviously with the amount of experimentation that we've been doing. I mean, obviously with the number of leads going down for the first couple of months, we have had to look at them, you know, by and large, but that's a learning that is going to help us in the long run. And, you know, the messaging mm-hmm. has also changed. Like in one of the first points, like I mentioned was our number of leads by live chat have increased by about hundred percent. Right. So mm-hmm. um, it was very, very, very low before COVID. But the mm-hmm. fact that people are coming forward or talk to us has helped us understand that, okay, what, you know, this is one serious channel that you need to look at. And now we have a couple of people who are dedicated to that channel and sort of optimize that. And we, have, we also have a dashboard where you only look at that particular channel. So it is, you know, sort of opened our eyes into other channels that we otherwise thought would have been uh, not very lucrative before COVID. And with the learning and the coaching time that has increased, I think it's only going to do, you know, better from here on. And, and like one of the other points that you added was we all working from home. So mm-hmm. obviously with us working from home, the, I mean, there is no travel time, a lot more time yeah. for us to focus on our work, not to be worried about a lot of logistics and, you know, things like that. So it has given more time for people to do the same amount of tasks that they would do on a daily basis. So things are not rushed. I, I remember a few uh, members on the sales team talking that, you know, what I'll have to hit X dials an hour or, you know, send Y emails in a day. And now you don't see people talking about that because they can pace their day at their will. And they know right. that they can complete it, even though they don't have to clock in X hours, uh, you know, every single day. So in a way, I mean, it's good in the long run. And obviously the learnings should be helpful for sure. At least that is my understanding. Makes sense. And then talking about the talent, right? Like, because there there are a lot of unemployment, which is still happening in India. So how did you give your team a sense of security that, hey, your job is safe, right? And you don't need to worry about what's happening outside, but then putting their mind to work, right? And what, what are some things that you tried uh, talking with your team so attracting good talent and retaining good talent is really important for any company that want to grow so can you tell us some things that you tried and that really work for you definitely i think i mean like most of the credit of this goes to you know the management as well so one of the first mm-hmm. things that we did not just with the sales team but across teams at fusion chats is reassured all the members that the jobs are not at stake uh-huh. And and we understand that such downturns are very normal in the long run. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is one of the first things that we did. In fact, I remember that one of the initial conversations that we had regarding this topic at work was as early as the first week of March. Mm-hmm. You know, even before we saw people losing jobs and people sort of freaking out, right? So yeah. 
I think that positive mindset that kicked in with a lot of people helped them sort of pace it down. The second thing that we did was spent a lot of time in helping these people uh, become better, helping, you know, and training them and understand what they could do at their job a little better from the very next week or the very next month, increased the frequency of our one-on-ones, increased our internal team interactions. So what that did is people felt a lot more calming presence when they realized that, okay, you know, it's not just me who is, in this, it's it's the other team members who are a part of this as well. And the more and more positivity that you see with people around you, people feel a lot more comfortable and they tend to work together. That's the second thing, you know, that at least I have observed. Third is uh, we have sort of understood that uh, COVID can have a negative effect on business. So we did revisit uh, our targets for the last quarter and ensure that the numbers are something that are achievable. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if there are any glitches here and there, we can sort of cover it up in the later quarter. So those changes also help the sales members realize that, okay, you know what, it doesn't mean that even though there is COVID, I'm still going to hit the same quota. You know, I've been asked to hit something lower, which means, you know, there's an attempt that I can try and get to that, right? I mean, very frankly, we didn't decrease the numbers by much, right? But the fact that we did take a step forward and ensure that we did something from their mindset, help people understand that, okay, you know what, this is something possible and I think I can get there, right? So that positive mindset was also very, very helpful. For what we did is a lot of salespeople, you know, usually like experimenting a lot, right? They know that their numbers, there are things that, you know, they love talking to uh, new customers every other day. They love, you know, having very interactive conversations, but deep down, they also want to work on multiple tasks, which otherwise they don't get a chance to work on, obviously, because of their busy days at work. But with COVID, what we have done is we have helped these people, uh, you know, try their hands and get their hands dirty in a few other tasks that they would otherwise not do. And then Mm -hmm. that has helped them be motivated, right? I mean, for a few people running an own campaign, small, very small campaign on their own, you know, trying to uh, break it down to see what things work, what didn't work, trying to share that right. learnings with a few other members, right? And and if somebody would talk to me, I'd be like, oh shit, man, I mean, this guy is trying to do something new. Why can't I experiment mm-hmm. something on my own, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and I would come forward to you and say, you know what, Sunil, I think this is one small thing that I want you to do. I mean, want myself to do. Would you give me a permission, right? I mean, more and more people becoming proactive is an indicator that, okay, fine, you know, you're not just worried yeah. about dang losing about their jobs, but they're now looking forward to doing something better. So, a combination yeah, of all of these definitely. things, you know, worked for us. So I think that's good. That's very good. Yeah, I think survival of the fittest, right? Having a sense of competition in between the team is always healthy. So I think we are, we are reaching to the next part of the podcast, which is the lightning round, right? So I have uh-huh. like three questions for you, Vikas. We'll start. So first one, what do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started? I think, you know, what I was not prepared for when I started was dull periods like this. You know, all of us, at least I was always painting uh, rosy pictures and, you know, assume that things are going to be steady paced. I was definitely not prepared for a downturn like this. But now that uh, I've had an experience with, you know, COVID and how, you know, people have been managing things around the world, I think I'm a lot more prepared going forward. And Mm -hmm. not just in my playbooks, but even at, you know, any of my future workplaces, I will have... Uh, a small nugget in my mind that, okay, what, you know what, if there is a downturn or if there is something that's going to hit your market or if there's a recession that you're going to face, this is exactly what you're going to do. And I think right. that's something that would be the case with a lot of other members on my team. So, so yeah, that's definitely something that I was not pre- prepared for previously, but I'm for sure going forward. Nice. And so second one. So what did your biggest professional failure teach you? I think, again, that's also to do with uh, COVID. Um, uh-huh. This is the early days of March. I mean, 
this was because we were not able to hit our quarterly numbers for the first quarter of this particular calendar year, Jan, February, March, very similar to the first point, right? I mean, we didn't have a backup plan very honestly, mm-hmm. right? That's a failure from a sales manager side of things because you would always want to have a plan B to be able to reach your targets at the end of the day. But very honestly, we didn't have a very, very strong plan to be able to, you know, cover the losses that we might have had because of such an incident. So I think that's, that's been a very big uh, hit in at least in the last couple of years in my professional career. But what it has helped me understand is that there's always a way out. It was very easy for me to consider that, you know what, COVID is going to be the same. The next six or nine months are going to be dull. And, you know, one way would have been to just accept and then sit back and see what others are doing and sort of copy or learn from it and then, you know, replicate, right? right. Uh, but what the time has also helped me understand is that, no, there's always a way out regardless of what situation you are in. And uh, thankfully, the next quarter we did really, really well and we sort of exceeded our numbers as well. So, you know, uh, nice. even from the learnings that we've had during the dull times, if you've been able to pick up and then beat our numbers, I think that's a good sign. I still not feel bad for not being able to hit the numbers in GFM, but uh, it's good that we've been able to come forward and then, you know, beat those numbers. Got it. And my third uh, and final lightning question, right? So what's the number one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve? I think talking to people, very mm-hmm. honestly, I think it's been very, very helpful going out, talking to people and always asking questions, seeking help very often we feel that, you know, you might be shy to go out and ask other sales managers and, you know, ask them, you know, what would, what's working for you. You might always sit back and say, you know what, I am the guy I've been, I've been here for 10, 15 years. I know what's working. I know what's not working. And then at times you're very, very hesitant to go out and talk to people. But I think what I have learned over the last five to 10 years is that the more you talk to people, the more points that you have at the back of the mind to be able to tackle different situations that come your way, come what may, Yeah. you know, it's <laughs> not just, you know, professional career, but also personal career. I mean, I would, I'm sure that would be the same case with you, right? When you were talking yeah, to yeah. so many people for your podcast recordings, yeah, you would listen to so many stories and so many things that you would otherwise not assume to be the case, right? So I think yeah, talking exactly. to people, yeah, uh, that has definitely been the answer. I mean, it might look simple, but trust me, it's a very, very big thing. <laughs> no, totally. I, I 100% agree with that because I've been doing the same since 2014. So yeah, this podcast just got started like uh, a year, year and a half ago, but I've been doing the same things that I do on the podcast since 2014. So that's how much I believe in that. Exactly what you said. So yeah, it's been great uh, speaking with you Vikas and thanks a lot for coming on the show and, you know, having these amazing insights, you know, laid for us today. Happy to have uh, the conversation, Sunil. Glad that we have uh, been able to cover most, <laughs> yeah, more fine. than what we wanted to discuss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah.